Oh my gosh. My mic was not, was unmuted. <laughs> I did all that talking with nobody there. Operator error. I'm going to have to begin at the beginning and start again. All right. So. <laughs> Dead air. Awesome. All right. So I wanted to begin by saying quickly, top stories are Elon Musk and the Twitter Musk merge. Ready to go back to the beginning here. So Twitter's. The story is that Twitter is
got canceled. There's some funny things going on with my phone this morning. So, Derek, you're here. I better honor you with some good presence. I was talking, I don't know if it was covered or not. I was talking about Perneal Transberg's article, uh, listening to her discuss the fact that there's so many things that are obstructing Danish debate, uh, primarily Silicon Valley platforms. I mean, if you want to call in and talk, um, that would be really great. So what I'll do is I'll just invite everybody again and try this again. I did a call-in only show last week. And so I'm going to try to invite all of everyone again. <sighs> yeah, I know. This is crazy. Yeah, my app started bugging out too. Technical issues and problems with my program. So that is not very good. So um, I think we should just keep going. So I can I can keep reading news on this this VARES data because it seems to be that's the issue, the news that is actually at work. So I'll just read this again. Failure upon failure. This app is not performing at the moment. So I'm doing my best to tell everybody. Hi, everyone. This episode is problematic. Because it keeps dropping out. So, 
Well, I want everyone to be here with me having a show. I can't have a show if the app keeps dumping out. Um, I'm 20 minutes in. I hope everybody's enjoyed what they can hear. Hi, Masha. <laughs> Did you want to call in? I've got a few minutes left in the in the podcast. Did you want to say something? So unmute your mic. You can speak. Just go to the bottom left corner. Hey, no, I got you. Oh, <laughs> fantastic. Hi. So glad to talk to you. Thanks, you too. I, uh, yeah, I was really excited about this episode. I popped on super briefly. I actually left the Useful Idiots uh, call-in just to come talk to you, but, oh, like, nothing fantastic. was happening. <laughs> nothing was happening. So I was like, okay, I guess I'm oh, going to nope out been, for a second. It's been infuriating. Yeah, it's been kind of a, a, an awful one. Um, so let me just tell you what's going on. Uh, Please Pernille do. Tamberg at, a, at the AI um, Data Ethics Institution she was complaining that there was no ability to have a debate and that, you know, freedom was kind of more or less canceled, you know, because they can't have a Danish debate on their own platforms without being obstructed by say Facebook. And so, you know, first I wanted to ask you, you know, what are you doing with your civil freedoms? You know, what are you doing today? That's different than you could do uh, like a year ago or two years ago. And then uh, whatever you want to say. Um, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not doing much with my civil freedoms, honestly. Um, I don't know, like, before, before I found Colin, I was really, like, I had sloughed off a bunch of sort of like social media podcasting, etc. platforms, because it seemed like there wasn't a genuine opportunity for discussion of ideas. Like there, mm. there was just like this tightening of the, of the narrative. Right. Mm. And, and I did at the time um, have a real fear that if I recorded any of my sort of like unorthodox thoughts anywhere that I would be fired and like canceled. And oh yeah. Out I mean, that, that was actually kind of a legitimate course. fear. It, no, it's a, it's a legitimate fear. You know, I didn't want to interrupt you. Go ahead. No, no, I'm just trying to put in my headphones. That was anyway, yeah, legitimate fear. And so I had just like kind of gotten used to like the strategy of withdrawal, like withdrawal from not just public discourse, but more or less from public life in general, obviously because of the many lockdowns, etc. Right. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I've had the experience of you know, being thrown away by a lot of like, you know, uh, friends, uh, allies, whatever, you know, like people that I had invested um, heavily in and like cultivated what I thought were not just like, not just good friendships, but like, um, you know, deep, um, resilient corridors of communication, like of, of real, like let's not talk at each other from our ideologies kind of bullshit, mm-hmm. but like actual communication, um, you know, people who are capable interlocutors of ideas. And it turned mm-hmm. out that that is not the case, that people do revert back to, I don't know if it's some form of tribalism or just like a security blanket of like, um, you know, when, when, reality seems to be shifting right when our world seems to be unrecognizable that people just kind of withdraw all of their 
like, you know, sensory um, antenna <laughs> and just go into like a shell of like, no, I'm, I'm secure in this identity or in this uh, positionality, you know, or, or with this group no, I mean, identity. I, everyone saw that happening. There were, there was so, so much breaking up, you know, there was just so many people. Exper- I had some, some people scale off, you know, people that, you know, I started to have friendships with in a place that's difficult to have a friendship. Um, and you know, the vaccine got in the way. <laughs> They're like, well, you're not vaccinated. And then they, they adopted a yeah. standpoint and they, they, they got their javelin out and yeah. And yeah. We couldn't, we couldn't be friends. <laughs> no, I totally, I totally hear that. And then for me, like I'm, um, I'm, my background is I, I, my family came to Canada as refugees from civil war in Yugoslavia. Oh. My like immediate, um, like lineage includes being medically experimented on by Nazis. Oh, no. Yeah. So, uh, so that was something that like the, the whole idea of like informed consent and what's in these jobs mm-hmm. and all of that stuff was something I was very gently, like so gently, <laughs> just sort of like just starting to just trying to stake out my own um, bodily so autonomy. Yeah, I'm in Canada. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were they were histrionically insane yeah. about like yeah. they, they were trying to launder passports in Washington State. Yeah, you know, and, and uh, all mm-hmm. the northern border states in in the United States, they were trying to they're go- going to each of the governors and laundering an agenda. And and Jay Inslee just ate it, you know, ate the bait hook, line, and sinker like a big stupid salmon. He just totally <laughs> ate it, and and he's like, no, let's make it a competition vaccine passports yeah vaccines in your cereal vaccines like you know to get a tattoo whatever you want you know it's like everything was about to go outside to get some food (laughs) like what (laughs) vaccine to wave a flag you know (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. but i mean those um those ideas like that that I started that started out as being sort of like for the first six months of the lockdowns before uh, before there were really widespread vaccines were available, people like people were kind of like, oh, OK, yeah, like she's, you know, she's going to have a different reaction to to these uh, kind of like increasingly authoritarian measures. Right. Um, than the rest of us. And maybe she doesn't. And maybe there's space for that. Her not trusting the government as much because of what she's been through, et cetera. Okay. Right. But uh-huh. but then as soon as the vaccines rolled out and I was still like, hey, this is an extension of like, I don't feel OK with this. this is, like if you've accepted my argument thus far, then also you should be a, you should be good to hear me say like, no, there's under under no circumstances will I accept this job for me or my family. Uh, that was that was then the like that was the breaking point for people. They were like, oh, wow. So you're a fucking piece of shit you know like the worst yeah, yeah. just monstered no, no, no. immediately it got, it got it. yeah it yeah it, and then super nasty. yeah super nasty <laughs> but then ideologically right like what happens then is then you're you're pushed away from what was like a fairly leftist and when i say leftist i mean real leftist that, that what mm-hmm. that's what i was right like it wasn't like this self self-styled progressives that are actually some new form of fascist in some ways you know oh, like know. you know just say it true girl just say it true. oh my god like say the real 
oh, there's so many, there's so many aspects of that identitarian pseudo leftist self-described progressives that, that just send me, you know, <sighs> but anyway, not to complain about them because there's COVID it's on both sides, right? Because then once the, once the one ideology sort of spits you out, like grinds you up and spits you out, then the other one wants to pick you up. Right. The counter, the counter ideologies. Sure. You know? You just kind of watch it like kind of like, in, you know, insane asylum ping pong matches. Absolutely. You know, like, Absolutely. I'm outside of it. Like, I just don't want to do this with you. Yeah. And, and I managed, I was in a weirdly comfortable position where I could kind of evade detection because everything, you know, was indoors. We lived in Western Washington among the uh, people who worked from home. Mm-hmm. So unfortunately I was, I, I ended up being a part of the, the, whatever kind of privileged class of the, the hated laptop class <laughs> yeah, the, the laptop class unfortunately and, mm. and i you know i just I, i'm not hiding underneath it but man it afforded me the ability to not get that vaccine so i was super thrilled yeah, i didn't tell I anybody you. except for the people that you know we're supposed to be the friendlies and then of course you know they're like they started leveraging things with sticks and carrots and, you know, yeah. Hey, you want to go to this rock concert? Don't you? You want to meet rock stars? Don't you? And it's like, I do, but you know, I really want to get the hell out of here and move out of state because yeah. they had a low appreciation for American freedoms. It's just like taking it away from them. Didn't even matter. And that was, you have to know that that is the worst type of gaslighting for me as an American citizen. Because these oh, are yeah. American citizens who don't give a crap about their own freedoms. They no, I, for sure, for sure. And this is like my parents about about three or four months into whatever, like whatever pandemic madness, <laughs> they just fucking up and moved back to Europe. Like they moved back to the place where like. I I can't even I'm not even going to get into the shit we saw but they went back to the homeland because they were like this this is not good like at least there we know it's the devil we know you know what I mean Ugh. Yeah so imagine that like you you like lose everything to to come to this country that you believe has freedoms that are adorable that that will that will continue no matter what, right? That yeah, galvanized, like... set in stone, never mm-hmm. gonna waver. You know, and yeah. it turns out it was just the people in charge are frauds. They yeah. stepped on on all of the necks of of the free people, and yep. in the name of of autocratic medical government. And, yeah, and they don't want to give it up. They don't want to give it up. I yes. I, during that time, I made so many phone calls, and you know urge my legislators and, and governing bodies represented governing bodies to to please you know remove the emergency authorization powers of these mm-hmm. people when mm-hmm. we caught a break because as soon as we came up from air they were looking for reasons to reinvent you know not just I mean, the money the money involved with this was this the seductive high absolutely for part politicians of course of course and i don't think i mean i think that one thing that was made obvious to me about american politics at the time is that there isn't like 
there isn't true state sovereignty really. Like they don't, don't even care anymore to like make it appear as though the state is in control. You know what I mean? Like they're kind of like, eh, we're just here to manage the citizenry and just like effectuate an upward transfer of wealth. Like, you know, that we're not really like in, actually involved in any democratic processes of like, um, you know, ruling on behalf of the people. Like that was frightening, you know, that they just, it was like, um, pardon the phrase masks off, you know, <laughs> except, mm. <laughs> you know, like the, the theater mask, not like it's deeply unimpressive. You know, right. it, you know, it sabotages so many things that, you know, we threw out a perfectly fantastic economy mm-hmm. in exchange for this low rent, you know, duplicitous, you know, column of people, so, it, you know, it made, it made some Chinese frauds really wealthy. Yeah. Some Nigerian yeah. frauds really wealthy. With those and ventilators then, and PPE and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. For, yeah. Not just PPE, the people who were you know they were lined up with food boxes trying to get their their public benefits oh that because yeah, nobody yeah. could yeah. work right and and that was you know th- there were parasites we attracted a ton of these global parasites to the hog trough and then yeah, yeah yeah people began to see it just happening just the fragmentation happening live and it was absolutely traumatizing Mm-hmm. For a lot of people to see that, because they've never seen their countrymen, they've never seen their people in such duress, you know, economic duress, mm-hmm. you know, and then to to be kind of in this, you know, ready-made prison called your house. <laughs> so, I mean, I think that there's like I'm usually more preoccupied with the way that like corporate like power blocks function like individuals and and the the cheating of the system and stuff like that like i know it was huge for you guys um and i'm i'm sure like tons of it happened in canada as well you have no idea how proud i was to see the convoy go oh yeah and and backhand (laughs) justin trudeau i was i I mean i was not necessarily Mm anti-canadian at all but, yeah, but you're you know, surprised. Canadians are kind of snobs towards towards Ameri- <laughs> the American citizenry, and and they try to like, you know, ethics shame us all over the place. But right, but right, I, right. I know that some of that is just window dressing, and it's because uh, of Sam Cooper that I I I, I got my my baton and started <laughs> beating them back because, uh, you know, they they let in the CCP via Vancouver, they let in a lot of corruption. They let, a, let in a lot of North American drug corruption from the cartels at mm-hmm. the border. Mm-hmm. So that impacts me directly as a, as a Texan. And oh, okay. it, it was, it was just kind of like this, this full circle situation where I was uniquely positioned to kind of understand it because there's nothing like people ignoring you when there's a Huawei tower being built, I mean, a skyscraper in the middle of a major downtown metro, and people are like, that's not an issue. And like, they're, <laughs> they're a foreign agent. You don't care? Nope. Da, 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 da. Want a sandwich? <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's insane making. Yeah. Did you watch that movie, Don't Look Up? Yeah. 
Yeah, that yeah. Was, it's like it's like I am for the jobs that the asteroid will provide or whatever, you know. It's like this asteroid is hurtling towards America. Like there's for sure at least <laughs> fragmentation is coming. But like everyone in it is like, well, maybe we can get money. <laughs> Like, well, you know, I, I, can, know. I can make a little scratch in the meantime. Disaster capitalism. Sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's I'll exactly get I'll get mine is. while it lasts. Yeah, they're, right? they're totally cockroachy, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But um well, in Canada, there's a huge divide between East and West. Like the the Western provinces okay. are like heavily reliant, much like Texas, I would say, on like oil and gas. And resource-driven economies, a very, a very much more conservative and maybe even libertarian leaning, um, you know, and like a, a huge amount of like exasperation with Ontario and its inhabitants, right? So much of the convoy, actually, like the the impetus for it, the funding for it, and many of the the truckers came from the from Western Canada, because the the federal government has been shutting down our like primary resource, um, like sector in the form of oil and gas, right? And so that yeah. I think you can't, you can't uh, really we lost you for- discount the um, the the extent to which Canada is also deeply, deeply divided, you know? Okay. So, so the, 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 the divide is over resources and that. Well, and ideology in a way, right? Like kind of um, like the, the West is, is very much built on this independent spirit of like, you know, and like, and, and um, kind of like hard scrabble, a lot of respect for working class, a lot of, Sorry, we lost you for a tick. Oh yeah, Re- respect for the working class and uh, and like a lot of opportunities to come up in in the trades and things like that. Whereas all of Ontario, like some enormous number of uh, of the citizens of Ontario are employed in some form or some level of government work. Like they're they're basically a container for civil servants. And the, yeah, and the civil service in Canada mm. is like a giant form of welfare because they don't actually do any work. What happens is that that like they they form these power blocks, they basically run the government, and then whatever actual administrative work has to be done, including uh, the Canada Revenue Agency, which is like our taxation arm or whatever, is actually most of the work is is done in the shadows by contract employees, while the civil servants like just kind of clock watch and and like uh you know punch their time cards and shit waiting for retirement yeah that's that sounds like you know rudimentary right you know yeah you know go home at 3 30 socialism of of like you know yeah yeah absolutely areas of italy yeah and they are you know party apparatchiks in a in a big way many of them so yeah I would yeah. definitely and, and that's take not that. an aspirational place to be. And as an American, you know, I I have yeah. I, I will be in the zone of aspiration. I, I, Texas is so hugely wealthy. When I got back here, I was so happy because there was sunshine. I got you know got my hair and nails done, and I I I just was really really happy because they they do have a diversity of all different kinds of energy, and oil and commerce. And anything that you want, you know, they, they explore cuisine. Anything you want to do is, is and try, you can, you know, and I'm used to that. That's what I'm accustomed to. I'm, I'm kind of, it was, it became like a luxury mindset 
in Western Washington, which I, I swear to you, I swear upon the Bible here that I thought I was in a foreign country. And I didn't, I didn't feel like it was in America at all. Like in, in what way? I mean, the people there just didn't have any kind of like, you know, operational, like everything was, you know, internal. They had these like kind of boxy columns of, of humanity, you know, all the labor came from Asia Mm -hmm. and then everybody was under NDA. So there was this, you know, it's similar to what you're talking about. It's not the same, but it is similar. You know, you've got a lot of government contractors and people in uh, medical surveillance, people in right, uh, government right. surveillance, people in, in just transactional uh, surveillance for online mm -hmm. capital. But were there police in white PPE <laughs> shoving everyone around? And were there drones flying around at night telling you to um, to control your soul's need for freedom? <laughs> Not quite, but we did have some of the uh, struggle-shaming a-holes that mm. were neighbors, you know, uh, kind of checking, reporting. Some of that shit went on. I Whoa. was followed in the supermarkets a couple times by by uh, people from the CCP. That shit happened. Wow. Um, yeah. I mean, and, th and then there were actual, like, rallies against, you know, when, when Hong Kong was trying to get their, their liberty... Yeah. And uh, people were trying to, to kind of protest what was going on in, um, in central China and Beijing. And, uh, you know, when they were coming for Hong Kong, which is, you know, a free market place. Mm -hmm. The other free market place that's being heavily harangued and attacked right now is Shanghai. Yeah, that's what yeah. that's what I was referring to with my. Yeah, uh, I mean, they're, they're, like... they're laundering their control through mm -hmm. through these these uh, CDC regulations. And Absolutely. the people at the CDC are like, "Oh, you're fine. This is really great because money, because okay, just... uh, because our our money, our tax money." Yeah, yeah, yeah. But does anyone even believe them anymore, or do you think like the frame has shifted? Like the viewfinder is now just full of Ukraine, and it's maybe time for like pharma to to sort of shift a little bit in the trough and for arms manufacturers to put their whole snouts in. Well, I mean, I'm not going to really editorial on that because I think that, you know, this isn't, I'm not going to speak for the public money. I don't do mm -hmm. that. I'm a free market denizen. And, you know, the most important story that, that was lobbed over the fence today was that the free market took care of Twitter Okay, and uh -huh, so the uh -huh, public, uh -huh. yeah, the free it. market took care of Twitter. Elon Musk swooped in. I'm sorry it took him 40, ah, I'm so sorry, Elon, that you had to spend $46 billion on Twitter to make your point. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's pathetic. It really is a pathetic comment on our public discourse, but he's afforded so many people so much more dignity and some kind of, like, you know, return to journalistic ideation. Because oh, whoa, 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 whoa. This euphoria, I think, is a little premature, I'm going to be honest with you. Well, I mean, you're, you're free to disagree with me, but... I the, don't disagree. I just don't know well, yet. I'm going to give it a chance. Because right. Because what we have right now is shit. Yeah, what no, I agree. Right but... now is not yeah. working for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to give yeah. it a shot. Yeah. Okay, and then, and then you can call on the government dogs afterwards, but, you know, let's give the free market a chance. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. it, it, this is this is a rescue attempt from somebody who actually values voices. I'm not saying he's not doing it for money because he always 
that guy's doing it for money. All the time, and for the memes, apparently. You know, a movie studio. He's not like Jeff Bezos, where he can, you know, he's got all these media arms. You know, he has Mm -hmm. Tesla. He has his solar company. He has, um, you know, PayPal. Mm -hmm. And and that's what he has. I'm not saying that's that's nothing. He's he's really rich. And, you know, for him to buy Twitter, you know, now he's in the media column and I'm excited yeah. to see what happens. Okay. I mean, you can say, well, this is how it's, the gravity is going to fall, but this is not an exact science. We have to let experience be the driver. And I, I'm fine with it. I'm fine with allowing that because it is a company. And if a company mm-hmm. topples tomorrow, that's not my fault. I'm not necessarily as invested as the media people who rely on it for money, but, um, but I've migrated to other platforms like this one in order yeah. to, to, to have a voice. And that's exactly what I'm using. I, I'm using it so that you can mm-hmm. have a voice, Masha. Welcome, <laughs> welcome to Colin so you can have a voice. I don't feel – I'm going to be super honest with you. It's really not – like I um, – it, this feels – it feels like maybe not the greatest idea because I have like probably an, like a generational slash cultural – kind of belief of like you you don't ever like stick your head up and and tell the truth <laughs> like in the middle of an authoritarian state you keep your fucking shit to yourself like you keep your spicy okay, thoughts I mean, about things know, to- we, we're inexperienced <laughs> yeah can you yeah. blame us we're, we're fucking inexperienced dude you know we don't know to, to keep our our you know the top of our head down and no but it's not like, good right because then then you allow other people but, you know i get it no, but then you allow other people to define what's possible, right? And to and to believe, like, I don't know if you've seen that concept of the, um, I don't know, there's like a mind map and there's many brains that have different thoughts. But then if everyone believes that everyone else has one thought, then they'll slowly change over, you know, like this kind of idea. So like, if we allow that to happen, if, if I don't stick my head up and say like, actually, no, this is, this is really wrong. Then, then I'm kind of allowing, I'm giving my consent to, you know, like kind of the, the popular narrative to speak for me. And then those around me will believe that I really think that internally. Right. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't believe as much in, I, I don't, I don't give weight as much as I used to with collective punishment because now people can just call a lie true. And mm-hmm. if nobody says anything, they can blame people for not speaking up. And I don't, I don't believe in that anymore. I believe in, in representing my own personal voice and, and taking responsibility for my own communication. In fact, I had a disclaimer that I'm trying to, to lobby guests to, to, to say with me, um, to take responsibility, take personal responsibility for your own speech. I am speaking, I own my speech as, as kind of like a, a spiritual act. You know, mm. this, is a, this is my speech. If it mm-hmm. lacks integrity, you can dump crap on me. But don't mm. dump crap on everyone I talk to for hearing me. That is, right, that right, is right. an unrealistic and, and inappropriate thing. There's no crime has happened. Yeah. Really. Okay. They're calling communication crime, which is authoritarian. Okay. But obviously, but yeah. lying and deception and, and allowing espionage autocrats to tell you what to say, how to think, you know, subtly, unsubtly by controlling people with, with coercion okay, mm-hmm. is unacceptable. And so the, the first gate out I got as an American was to say, that's wrong. I don't believe it. You can't do this. 
I have rights. This is not the structure of my government. I didn't mm-hmm. agree to this. You don't have my consent, you know, on and on and on and on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that was my first impetus and to take my money, my household, my, my gear, everything and move it to a place where they do reflect my values because <laughs> I don't have to stay. I don't have to stay and endure Jay Inslee's garbage government. Okay. It's nice. crap. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you do have the sense that it's your, like, I don't know, you, you seem to have like a strong sense of this is what um, I am in the world and this is the space I'm going to take up and that's fucking it. And you you seem to be enca- engaging in public discourse in like a very authentic way, like in good faith, like you're, you know, like you're, you're really you. saying what you really think. Yeah. Yeah. And it's important to do that instead of kind of posing to be a political operative. I'm just going to be a political yeah. operative by being myself. I feel like, <laughs> no, no, I totally, I think that that's the most revolutionary thing actually is to really be your authentic self just out there in the world, like much more so than trying to convince anyone of anything else. Right. Because I think that people can see it. I think that people have like a built in kind of like bullshit detector or like ideology detector or whatever, and just disengage. Mm-hmm. Whereas when you're speaking from your authentic self, I think it connects with people more deeply. And I think for, for me, like one of my survival strategies is just to be not not inauthentic, but just to be always be coming from like a kind of sardonic shit posting place. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) I've almost like come to the point where I'm like, no, you all don't deserve my authentic self, you know? Yeah. I mean, it is a form of of authenticity, you know, shit posting Mm -hmm. is, you know, (laughs) yeah, I've seen it. I was like, yeah, Uh that's me. You know, like I can So, so Masha, let me see if anybody else wants to, does anybody else want to come on and talk? I mean, I've, I've been on here a while. I, I got some minus time in, unfortunately. Uh, the, there were technical issues at the beginning of the program. Uh, TJ, Charlie, Derek, Robert, and then four plus others. Um, you know, you're welcome to, to call in and talk. You know, Masha, thank you so much for contributing to the program. I mean, it was really a helpful thing that you said, what you're, you're saying. Now, please tell tell me what you're doing with your freedom. I mean, I I, I donated a lot. I told you what you're, I'm doing with my freedom. I got my hair and nails done, you know, which is, you know, you could get that done anywhere, but it's different in Texas. It, it, it's bigger. <laughs> you know, it's bigger. You know, the salon is is uh, named Jose Luis, you know, and, and they go to Houston hair shows. And that has meaning. That has real meaning here. Like Beyonce large meaning. So, <laughs> um, so if, uh, if you did anything with beauty or with, you know, did you, did you go to a party? Did you go to Coachella? Did you, um, play table tennis outside? You know, did you have a, a company barbecue in full air? You know, th- these are kind of like the full sun things that you could be doing with your freedom. You know, anything that you did with your freedom now in comparison to like, say, 2021 or 2020, please call in. Tell us what you're what you're doing with your freedom. Because I don't want to just sit here and talk about my own freedom. (laughs) I mean, I could. It's easy. It's easy for me to do that. Um, So I got Yuli. I got John. I got Robert, the flamethrower. Hey, Robert, do you want to call in? And say say a few words about what you're doing with your freedom. Come on. 
So let me see if I can find find this article because it kept zapping my my uh my mail browser just crashed. I guess I'm not supposed to read news this time. The energy just isn't there for that. This is supposed to be okay. I think I think Robert's gonna call in. This is one sec. But um, I, I tried. I'm trying this new thing where we're just gonna take some calls and uh, really get involved with with this. But there were some serious technical issues at the beginning of the podcast today, so I'm not. I'm, it, it is not gonna be my proudest. <laughs> so I'm gonna try to cap it at an hour to kind of make up for lost time and lost um, broadcast. So let's look at some that Vera's data though. Whoa, that's nearly a quarter of vaccines. Nearly a quarter of vaccine deaths happened in 48 hours of taking the vaccine. That is insane. And I just think that that was just, and knowing that today makes me think, okay, anyone who held their ground and said, I think that there isn't enough data. The vaccine might be dangerous. I'm worried about vaccine injury. You know, the data took a long time to come in, but it is here. And it turns out that the, the vaccine wasn't as safe as people made it to be. So to go hard and mandate it upon so many seemed like a real miscalculation and to get everybody to kind of struggle shame and go door to door and say, I'm going to not be your friend. I'm going to leave poop on your lawn. <laughs> there you are, Robert. I'm going to take the next call. It's, this is Robert the Flamethrower. How's it going, Robert? Unmute your mic. You can talk. Bottom right hand corner. Unmute your mic and you can come talk. Okay. Yeah, sorry, my phone doesn't always cooperate with me. <laughs> so, There's a lot of that going on today. Hey, I'll tell you, I, I'm happy for you that you got out of a blue state. I still live in a blue state, unfortunately. So, uh, Maryland. Maryland, Close wow. Deep. Okay. Yeah, I... I, I tend to network online with a lot of people from the West Coast because it just seems like y'all are way more relaxed and don't take things so seriously. It's that's one thing I kinda like about people from the West Coast. And I re I and you know, I know Southern California, the politics are stupid, but you know, I wouldn't mind visiting there sometime. But you know, and I hear part and I definitely hear Texas. Despite despite some of the complications with illegal immigrants, I mean, there are still some pretty good places to go. And plus, Dallas is the home of entertainment. So, is God knows how many artists. <laughs> there are many many homes of entertainment. Austin, Texas is is live live Austin. Everything it's like the other Nashville in some cases. Go ahead. I mean, yeah, because. Because I know a lot of blues and R&B artists came out of Houston, Austin, mm -hmm. and Dallas. So, so I actually wouldn't mind living near Dallas one day. But, but I also hear the property taxes are shit down there in Texas. So, 
death taxes. It's kind yes, of so, it's a common complaint. Not every place is perfect. There's there's so many good things, so many good things about Texas, but the death taxes. I mean, I'm one I'm one of those people that <laughs> doesn't believe in property taxes because it's real because that means you're renting the land from the government. You don't actually own it, even though you may be given a deed and and pay the and pay to own, pay to quote own it, but you don't really own it as long as you have to pay as long as it can be confiscated. It is between property taxes, eminent domain, and civil asset forfeiture. Mm-hmm. I mean, hey, I I heard of a of a family who the police were threatening to take their take their entire house from the and their land from them all because their son was smoking a joint. I mean, that I mean talk about crazy. Well, I think that I'm not I'm not 100% sure of that might have been something that might if if their son was smoking a joint, that sounds like a Florida or it'll, you know, overreach, but you know, they have they have some really strident drug laws that were passed during yeah, yeah, yeah. Administration. I can't remember when they passed it, but it was it was part of the part of the uh, war on drugs coming out of the Reagan era. Mm-hmm. And we're still I mean, dealing with the war on drugs. Still dealing with the war on drugs. Quite and, fr- you know, I you know, I used to be a hardcore GOPer, but over time, I realized it's just. They're full of shit, both sides. But because at the end of the day, you can't turn you can't turn back the clock and uninvent the gun, uninvent cocaine and heroin and all that <laughs> other stuff. The the most the most you'll ever be able to do is is push is force people to do it in their in their home away from everyone else. That's the most you'll ever be able to do. Because uh, is honestly, it's your body. You should be able to decide what to do with it. Now, me, I don't do drugs. I don't want to do drugs. I know some, uh, as much as I love stimulants, I know a few would be tempting, so I'll never try them. But, uh, but you know, if someone wants to do it, go ahead. Just don't hurt anyone in the process. Okay. I mean, some people are, are going to use drugs as part of their freedom. What, what are you doing with your freedom? Like, it's been a year. What are you doing with your freedom? Me? Well, I've been, I've actually been going back to the gym now. Now that the mask, uh, now that the mask mandates have been mostly lifted, I mean, they still require them in healthcare settings, it, because the CDC is is still not willing to. Uh, no, to admit that they were wrong, wrong the whole time, but what can you do? Well, you can ask your the, you can ask your local representative to to vote to revoke their powers, the emergency powers. They've already downgraded the the CDC designation. They stepped it down, but they they need to take those powers away from the federal government as a body. I'm gonna. I'm going to lobby my entire audience and anyone who's listening, call your local representative and take those powers back because they're just going to spend our money on nothing good. And 
And these vaccines are not like the, they were overbilled. And the government was an investor so that they could get some of that money back, especially on the, um, what's the, okay, so the, one of the mRNA vaccines started with an M, uh, Moderna, Moderna. They were an investor in the Moderna vaccine. So they bought a lot of Moderna and then you bought a lot of Moderna with your taxes, but they, you, it wasn't you. It was someone else at CDC writing a check with your money. So, okay. So Robert had to go hit a phone call. Does anybody else want to call in? We've got about four minutes before we cap the podcast. What are you doing with your freedom? You know, do you, do you like being more free than, you know, being kettled in your own house, you know, huffing and puffing over CNN, you know, who, who was happy to have a captive audience. Most of these cable channels were really happy to have, you know, captives. (laughs) Were you captivated? Were you captivated by Netflix and online? You know, I think that most people had to kind of rely on distractions. And that's how they kind of became accused of becoming self-indoctrinated. But, you know, they might have just been having their own own set of ideas. And like, no, I, I think I've decided that, that I really believe in, in, in aliens. Because I had time to think about it. You know? And, you know, I like listening to people like Robert because he says, well, I don't believe in these taxes. It doesn't mean that the tax man isn't going to come to your house. You know, taxes aren't a fairy tale. They're reality. We just spend a lot of time. (laughs) They collect the the cash in real time and then they go spend it because it came in. Um, Or they go to the treasury to get it and invent money that way. So there's a lot of fantasy in government, I realized. So maybe he's not he's not that far off. You know, you can, you can guess at it or you can know. Sometimes there's facts. But what bothers me about today's atmosphere in journalism is that, you know, when you call forth the debate and you present facts, they are treated like lies by the prevailing opposition. And that cannot be. Okay, that, that's a low-bearing standard. We have to be able to say, okay, this is a fact. It is time for you to deal with it. It's time for you to recognize that the the VAERS data said that almost a quarter of the deaths occurred within 48 hours of taking that vaccine. That is bad news and you better accept it. You know, I didn't, I didn't make the studies. I didn't manufacture the data. I didn't, I didn't make you go get the shot or not get the shot. Um, But that's, those are the facts. And So people, people don't like the facts when they don't suit their narrative. You know, they don't, they don't like the facts when they are, you know, they're contraindicating of their, their worldview. You know, I've had a few occasions where I've had to get checked myself on occasion. Not always right. Uh, I frequently try to be correct. But there, there are definitely times when I, uh, I will be wrong about a thing. But I think that the flexibility is when I can say, okay, if I was wrong about this, I get to, I get to correct my, my ways and then recon my own mind around reality. Cause the insanity is accepting a delusion 
an operational delusion for the sake of power. Okay. Cause once you start kind of entraining your mind that, you know, I'm going to operate on a lie because the lie is more important than the truth. That's, that's a misgiving and you can't ride out on that forever. No one will believe you because they'll know at some point that's not true. And then they won't trust you. And then everything else after that will be forced force. So <clears throat> with that, we got one minute left. Does anybody want any parting shots on the sanctioned citizen podcast? There were a lot of technical issues today. <laughs> you know, maybe it was, you know, part of it was operator error. Part of it was the, uh, the app started cutting in and cutting out. So I hope that that won't happen next time. I might, I might rebroadcast later in the week, some other shows, bring in some tape, but I'm really happy you came to show up. I'm really happy that uh, Robert and Masha talked. It's a great talk with Masha. Masha, if you're out there, you know, I hope you'll come back. <laughs> so um, with that, I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up. Anybody else? Anybody want to give a quick parting shot? What do you want to do with your freedom? Well, I'm going to use my freedom to get off Colin. Thank you guys for joining me. Thanks for listening. Before you go, hit the subscribe button. Remember that callers are welcome. Subscribers can access unsanctioned citizen.